Nice to have you aboard with us here in Rudy Max's World today. You know, a recent article in the Financial Times of London caught my attention, and the headline read, Will pilot-less aircraft be safer in flight? Just to say, airplanes without pilots. Well, from London, we have the man who wrote that article. His name is Rohit, uh, Rohit Jaggi. He's an aviation expert at the Financial Times. He's also a pilot and has licenses to fly both fixed-wing and helicopters. So he's our man. In his column, he took a look at the future of air travel and came up with some su- surprising conclusions about the role of pilots. Uh, Rohit, Rohit, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Hi. What could this mean for the way we fly, Rohit? Technology moves extremely fast in aviation, and it is developing to the point where we won't need pilots in the sky with us. And we won't be any less safe, possibly more safe, in fact. Well, uh, it certainly is true that pilot error is often the cause of airline crashes, yes? Indeed. Yes, the, the proportion of accidents caused by pilot error is growing, the statistics tell us. Piloting is and always will be a highly skilled task. And in some parts of the world, airline traffic is growing so fast that getting pilots trained up quickly enough to fly these aircraft is going to be a serious problem. On the causes of accidents, those rapid advances in technology mean that mechanical failure is less and less likely. Meanwhile, double, triple redundancy of systems means that the malfunction of a single onboard computer is not a disaster. Well, can an airplane today, as a pilot I ask you this, can, an air, can a commercial aircraft today actually take off, fly, and land totally on autopilot? It's been the case for years that the whole of a flight can be programmed into an airliner's <coughs> excuse me, flight management computer, and the plane left to get on with it. The pilots handle any changes <coughs> Sorry, if air traffic control decides to reroute the flight, for example. Right, and I, and I suppose uh, timing for, you know, where you are in the taxi line on the uh, apron or leaving the apron and getting on the turn, you know, all that sort of thing is still done manually at this point, right? It is at the moment, and even landings are, um, autopilot landings are also the norm. In fact, the first completely autom- automatic landing of a passenger jet took place in the 60s. That's a long time ago. So one, and one reason for not using autoland systems all the time on the airliners that have them is that so that the pilots can stay in hand-flying practice. We've I do remember. We've read about uh, incidents involving unsophisticated small aircraft where a pilot's hand started the engine, failed to climb on board, and had to watch as it took off. Some of those planes have even landed all by themselves, undamaged when they ran out of fuel. Planes are built to want to fly. No, I, I, Rohit, I must say, I've never heard of that. That, is, uh, <laughs> that must be embarrassing as a, as a pilot. Uh, incredibly embarrassing. Well, I don't think people do it twice. All right. Now, you recently, according to your article, in, in, uh, we're talking uh, with Rohit Jaggi, uh, who is the aircraft and motorcycle columnist with the Financial Times newspaper based in London. Um, you recently participated in simulator flights of a Gulfstream jet. What was that like, and how did the, how did the simulator experience relate to this, this, this trend toward pilotless aircraft? That was a conventional simulator for the biggest Gulfstream business jet, although it did do some fairly unconventional maneuvers, such as simulating an engine failure at a particularly critical moment of takeoff at a simulated Geneva airport, which, as you know, has a fair few bits of big and unyielding scenery around it. But I was recently involved in a trial of swarming, which is where one pilot controls a number of planes. That was a military test, but it has implications for civil airliners. If planes fly very close to each other, as geese in a migrating flock do, for example, the overall fuel consumption and emissions of the flock of aircraft are cut considerably. There's an overall gain in aerodynamic efficiency, and essentially the first goose or aircraft cuts through the air, and the ones following, even slightly to one side, don't have to work so hard. Incredible. Now, that's good for the operators of aircraft, and it's also good for the planet. 
But flying in formation for long periods of time is both difficult and dangerous unless you let computers and autopilots take care of the actual flying. Incredible. So someday we may look up at the skies and see geese-like uh, flight of, of pilotless airplanes. Indeed. And there are, there are other examples of unmanned um, uh, aerial vehicles or drones. Uh, well, the sure. military is the biggest user. Um, UAVs avoid risking a military pilot's life and can undertake flights that are much longer than a, pilot, than a human person could stand. Right. Well, I was just going to say Afghanistan, uh, the yeah. war in Afghanistan, certainly uh, introduced us to pilotless drones, and I suppose it's just a matter of scale until you've got a pilotless 747 up there in the sky. That's right. Um, uh, there are two main types of drone, remotely piloted and autonomous, or able to complete a whole mission without human intervention. The technology from both could make its way onto passenger aircraft. Well, the logical question comes up, if you don't have a pilot, what might have happened to that U.S. Airways plane uh, that, that taking off from New York that uh, had a bird strike on its engines and, and, and managed to land safely uh, on the Hudson River? If there hadn't been a pilot, could that have happened? It's a very good question. Um, with the current level of automation, yes, that plane may well have crashed. But as we said earlier, the proportion of crashes caused by pilots is growing. Mm -hmm. The very rare crash caused by mechanical failure may be the price to pay for an overall gain in safety. However, there are ways to avoid this. One is to have a group of highly skilled pilots on the ground, remotely following a number of flights. They could be in the cockpit, virtually, of each plane at its most dangerous phases of flight, which are takeoff and landing, ready to take control if needed. The rest of the time, they could be monitoring other flights. Fascinating. Another way to improve the technology so that it can handle the unexpected. We have fuzzy logic in our washing machine, so it's not exactly rocket science to build it into aircraft. <laughs> Fascinating. We just have a couple of seconds left, uh, Rohit. What kind of time horizon do you see for this? Um, as I say in my column in the Financial Times, there will be a lot of initial resistance. We like the reassurance of the men and women in crisp white shirts looking busy with all those dials and switches and clipboards when we walk on board an airliner. <laughs> So this next revolution in air transport may spread from air freighters and business aircraft first. Mm -hmm. Now, how long? I, I think it's likely that our children will be flying on airliners without pilots on board. And it's just possible that unpiloted passenger planes may even come in within our lifetime. Amazing. Rohit Jaggi, thank you so much for joining us. Fascinating look at uh, the future. Appreciate it. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.